Hello, welcome to an unfolding conversation. My name's Annie Rigby. I am a theatre director. I am a darts fan. I am a Newcastle United fan, although a fairly disillusioned one most of the time. I am a mum of two girls. I love cooking. I love eating. I grew up wanting to be in a band. However, it turned out the world of heavy metal wasn't really ready for the piano accordion, so that didn't really pan out. Anyway, 12 years ago, I set up Unfolding Theatre. And I set up the company because I love creating spaces where different people can come together. And that didn't feel massively radical 12 years ago. But as time's gone on, it's felt more and more important as we have got into a state in the world where people feel more divided than ever, where people are more often in their own echo chambers. I've really seen the power that there is in in making space for people to really hear each other. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about conversations that unfold. Over the last 12 years, Unfolding Theatre have made a lot of friends. We've met some amazing people who've said things that have stayed with us and have inspired us. And this podcast, this is the very first episode, this podcast is going to introduce some of those people to you. So today we are joined by Gareth Stoddart and Maddie Costa. Gareth, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm Gareth. Um, I'm a care uh, practitioner. I look after children in care. Um, I'm a dad of three. Um, my eldest being obviously involved quite a lot with the, the theatre and stuff like that. Um, I like more sports, mainly football. I'm a Legend United fan. Uh, I do like darts as well and pool and snooker. Do you know what, Gareth? I only found out you were a Leeds fan this morning. So I was chatting to Ross, uh, Ross Millard of the Future Heads, who was part of the project that we were uh, worked together on. And he said to me, do you know Gareth's a Leeds fan? And I, this has passed me by in all the years we've known each other. Yeah. <laughs> Mad, Maddie, how, where, where's your football allegiances? And tell us a bit about you. Yeah, like zero football allegiance. <laughs> I've had, I think, the only times I've been interested in football have been uh, when I was a teenager and I had exams to revise for football suddenly became really interesting. Um, uh, so I'm Maddie. Um, I write about theatre mostly. Um, I uh, I played guitar uh, as a teenager and, um, and then I got a boyfriend who played guitar and who was brilliant. And I was like, well, I'll never be as good as him. And I gave up, which I regret to this day. Um, and uh, and I wanted to be in a band, but was never good enough for that. And wanted to be a painter, but was never really good enough for that either. And so now I'm a writer and I've realized, oh, yeah, if you want to do anything creative, you just have to practice a lot and that's how you get good at it so writing's become the thing that I practice a lot and uh, and hopefully I'm getting better at it all the time oh and how's lockdown going for you both virtually unaffected really um job wise anyway so um if anything I've been slightly better off because I haven't been able to go out and spend any money <laughs> so um but job wise un unaffected so I've got, I've got to go regardless so it's been all right yeah because you were saying the children's homes obviously you know they they, they never close so well normally 24-hour uh care because it's like the higher end of like behavioral 
issues as well. So we we can't social distance. I'm not even allowed to wear uh, face masks at work in case I need to restrain one of them or it's not not safe. So. I suppose there's a lot about communication as well, isn't there, with face masks? You know, like, I think when when relationships are quite, you know, you've got to be quite delicate sometimes and quite clear or, you know, I think that's that hard thing where if everyone's masked up, people get worried, don't they? They can't read each other's expression so well. Yeah. How about you? How about you, Maddie? How's lockdown going for you? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um Gareth, you saying about being virtually unaffected because I, I would say my husband, the same thing. So he works as a civil servant and um, and he's basically been working from home, set up a desk in our bedroom, um, has no kind of psychological psychological issues around that. Like he's really, we've got a really nice bedroom and so he's really happy to be in it a bit more of the time um, and also manages to resist the temptation to have a nap every five minutes as well, which I really would fail on. Um, and there are ways in which his life has improved in that I'm not leaving the house at 6.30 of an evening to go to the theatre. So he gets to have a hot dinner with the family. Um, whereas I just feel like everything, all, all the sort of familiar structures of my life have kind of collapsed um, because I mostly write about or in relation to theatre and there's not very much of that happening. Although I've started getting interested in what's happening online. Um, we had the kids at home, obviously, for a long time. So I've got um, an 11 and a 13-year-old. Um, the 11-year-old uh, was just finishing primary school. So was the, none of the work that he was getting from school was suitable for him anymore. It was all too young. So that was a whole challenge. Um, and uh, and they, they went back to school in September. And that's given me a chance to kind of... Uh, start writing again start um uh, I was working through the summer as well but it did feel very different to me it felt mm -hmm. like and I'm I'm still feeling like I'm trying to get used to this domestic life that I've really never had since I was a teenager and discovered that there were gigs um I've just always gone out yeah I mean I think I think I'm really missing it now I had um so my kids obviously you know the, there was the big long period of them being off school and then they went back which was brilliant. And then they got sent home again for two weeks because um, somebody in both of their classes had coronavirus. And um, it really, really hit me. It really has knocked the stuffing out of me. And it made me think, I think for a lot of all of this year, I've got on all right because I've treated it kind of like a project, you know, and it's kind of making up things to do with the kids or finding ways to try and like we, we camped in the garden at the Easter holidays to like just try and have a bit of fun and uh, yeah, I've, and work obviously is really different, but I've found ways to do things online and and I, we've been quite fortunate that various commissions we've had, we've still been able to do them. Um, but I think when they came back, I think it's just knocked the stuffing out of me because I think if you make theatre, if that's what you're really interested in, you really what you like is people together in a room. And I think it's been too long now um, without having that in the fabric of my life. So, well, so, so, so yeah. it's been hard, <clears throat> like no gigs. And even at the times when even just not being able to just call for a pint on the way home after you've had a hard shift at work. And um, I mean, that was that wasn't very nice. But I mean, obviously, you kind of 
kind of complain you, you know people who's been made redundant or stuck in the house all the time and even if you're working from home I still don't think I'd like that so I've count myself lucky in that respect yeah oh I think that's a good way of looking at it and I know I felt that sometimes you know like there's always people that you can think they're having a harder time but um I was interested also what music's been getting you through what have you been listening to in lockdown um to be honest I've been listening to just a lot of easier stuff um because obviously missing gigs and and stuff like that so like um Lake Ports, um Glass Caves um we're getting into a new band called Corella I don't know if you've heard of them they're really good um and just 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 easier easier stuff I got to my first gig last week um for a long time which was really good um I would have went to see anything to be honest if it was open but the, the fact that it was people who I knew and liked then it was even better who was it uh it was the the lead singer of Glass Caves uh, did like an acoustic set um, and then before that they had a young lad on called Alistair James who's like a local lad he's from Middlesbrough away uh, I've seen him a couple of times before actually as well like supporting other people he's quite good actually really good he is does all his own, own stuff and whatever else so yeah This is good I haven't heard of Glass Caves before so I'm going to go and look them up oh, when excellent. I finish Excellent Yeah brilliant um, Yeah I went to uh, I haven't the, there's been a bit of live theatre or stuff happening in live theatre reopening in London and actually none of that has appealed and the thing that uh, the thing that I have done is go to a gig um, which was it was deeply weird to start with I went and saw a folk singer called Sam Amadon who I've seen twice before I think he's like phenomenal he plays um, he plays versions mostly kind of versions of um, traditionals or uh or kind of 30s and 40s american folk or blues or um and his interpretations are just super super interesting and weird because they bring in lots of kind of jazz influence and um they they're really unusually structured um and it was in king's place um which uh is is it's more like a concert hall it's used for classical recitals a lot and that was another reason that I went I just sort of thought yeah I bet they'll have done a really good job with the disinfectant um and uh and it, it I think it seats about 400 that room and there were tops 50 of us there just in the front few rows um uh spaces two at least two seats between each couple most people wearing face masks so for the first 20 minutes I just sat there going this no, I'm, no, this is really unpleasant and strange and uncomfortable. And then, um, and then I can't even remember what song it was, but it was. I think it was a song about, in, as so many of these uh, ballads from the 30s and 40s are, like a woman being stabbed or something. Uh, and he just did this like guttural moan. Uh, and in the way that can happen with live music, I just went, oh, my God, that is the most amazing thing that he could possibly have done. And that that and I became really hooked. And then the weirdness of the scenario just disappeared after that. Um, and I and it really brought back to me. Oh, like, yeah, this is why I like going to see live music, because it, it's like it changes your internal chemistry for that hour that when you're with it. Um, and it was incredible. Mm. I'm really jealous. I haven't been to a gig actually since 
since before lockdown. Um, I mean, I've been listening to lots of music and, you know, there's a few I've kind of made it. There's certain musicians that I've thought, right, oh, I'm going to take the time to um, spend some time listening to, you know, um, those people who you think, oh, I should know more of their music than I do. So like Nadine Shah is an example of 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 that because I always obviously like to have my eye on Northeast musicians. And um, so I've been, um, I've always, you know, heard her on the radio and stuff, but I thought I'd get her her albums and work my way through those. So I've been having a good time with that. Um, and then a bit of old favourites, you know, a bit of dancing with the kids in the kitchen and yeah, kind of good time stuff. Um, hilariously, um, you know, thinking about uh, having been chatting to Ross this morning, um, um, Nina, my seven-year-old's been enjoying their uh, their most recent album, which has that song on. I don't know if you remember it, but Electric Shock, which is all about Barry singing about getting an electric shock. And <laughs> Nina felt like it's it's a great song. Um, and Nina was saying, oh, why did they write this song? Is it to warn people about how electric shocks are bad for you? And I was like, yeah, something like that, something like that, to be careful in your kitchen. Um, <laughs> so that's been good fun. But she thought it was groovy. So I, I passed that on. Um, I thought they'd appreciate uh, <laughs> feedback from seven-year-old Nina. Um, so I was going to chat a little bit about the project that we all worked together on, really. And it was how I met you, Gareth. I, I knew you already, Maddie, but it was the time I suppose we got to know each other the most, which was um, this piece that Unfolding Theatre made uh, in 2016 called Putting the Band Back Together. And I suppose as a brief summary of it, um, it was inspired by the real story of a friend of mine who'd uh, had terminal cancer, uh, had, a, had a diagnosis and uh, was asked, what do you want to do with the time that you've got left? And decided the thing he really wanted to do was to put his old bands back together, which he did. And so the piece, one of the strands of the piece told his story from that moment of being diagnosed through to him stepping out on stage. Um, but the the element of the project that, that I mean, that was a beautiful thing to, to make a piece about, but the thing that was equally beautiful, if not more beautiful, and the thing Mark, he would have loved, um, was that the piece brought people together to join the house band so anybody could sign up and, and join the band. And that grew out of the fact that we made the piece with a group of people who were our house band through the development process. So that so Gareth, your daughter Charlotte, was a key member and she was, was she like 11 or something, 11 or 12 at the time? She have been 11 at the very first time, yeah. Yeah, and... And so over the weeks we got together and um, we just talked about what music meant to us and some of that made its way into the show and we wrote songs together and Ross taught us music and yeah and 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 then we it all yeah it all came together um but then once the show was on tour anybody could join that house band so what was lovely was it became a really social thing because whenever we were touring in the north of England you'd get a good gaggle of our original South uh, Sunderland house band but um you'd also get new faces of people who would just had the experience for that afternoon they came and learned a few tunes and then stepped on stage with us and then times down in Bristol or London or wherever there'd be people coming for the very first time so it was a really nice kind of community experience um but I'm interested in in your memories of it um because Maddie you introduced a lot of you interviewed a lot of the people who took part in the house band and then Gareth you also had a view on the house band because 
you were kind of cheering from the sidelines so often, bringing your bringing Charlotte to kind of endless rehearsals and workshops and shows. So what what are your memories of it? Um, I remember everything. I mean, we got, we got there like probably by accident, really, because we didn't know um, what it was about. The, literally just the, the advertisement that we saw was like for people who would stop playing and wanted to start, um, which wasn't really the case for us. But we, she was going for our grade one saxophone, um, but she couldn't get on stage and play in front of anybody. So I thought, well, if she can play alongside other musicians, it might help her. And that was literally the idea. And then obviously it just transcended into this ridiculous journey, really. But it was it was good. Drove her all over the north of the country in the end, didn't we? Down to Leeds yeah, and uh, everywhere. And it was really good. And now she's going for our grade six in December. And I do hold the show fully responsible because it's just give her so much confidence and encouragement and support and I don't think she'd be going for a grade six if she didn't do putting the band back together I think she would have gotten there eventually but I don't think she would have been here this quick oh it's really beautiful to hear and I love it Gareth you always send me a little message once if she's passed an exam or just done a performance or whatever and I always love you know seeing how she's getting on and 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 it's and it's great and I know she's you know getting involved in writing music now and she's playing bass isn't she as well and yeah it's great She's she's starting to get into guitar. I mean, she's not taking any lessons. She's like just like learning herself as she goes along. She, but she plays acoustic and bass. Um, but like obviously a saxophones are a main one. But she's been doing the Young Musics project with uh, uh, Marty actually from Lake Boats, um, as well as a couple of other people uh, at Pop Rex. Um, so again, obviously that's been affected a little bit uh, recently. They've been doing it like this sort of thing um so they've still been doing it a little bit so she is getting into that um but yeah it's i think the turning point was um because obviously the first one we did at summer streets was really good um but obviously you've got different like um different people there with different um tastes in music and stuff like that but the the one we did at washington art center and everyone just erupted at the end and everyone got a standing ovation. I was just like, oh, mad. Because uh, that's like more of like the clientele for like the amateur dramatics and uh, and that sort of thing as well. I think that was probably my favourite show. Um, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, it was really special. It was really special. Uh, Maddie, what are your memories? I t- I'm so loving hearing this about Charlotte because... Um, I really remember being like I remember like Gareth I remember loads of loads of aspects of it but I really remember coming to the um, the community centre was it where you were rehearsing um, and kind of finding the group of people who were there so brilliant because it feels really rare that you um that you get that kind of intergenerational group working together. So the fact that you could have this 11-year-old girl or 12-year-old, I'm not sure how old uh, Charlotte was at the point I met her, um, uh, next to, you know, someone who was retired and all of the ages in between um, felt really, like, just felt really exciting. Um, and then also because um, my my kids were just starting to play piano at that point they were just starting piano lessons um and 
and just like just the 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 obviously as a parent kind of well I mean I mean I should just speak for myself here but I'm definitely the kind of parent that who kind of thinks oh yeah I'm definitely doing the wrong thing all of the time so so there's a lot of like looking around at how other parents do stuff and that that kind of decision as a parent to go I'm gonna I think this thing will really support my child's confidence um I just found that so brilliant and so admirable um and I've definitely seen the effects of not doing that because um my my daughter's now 13 and she's brilliant on clarinet she started playing clarinet in primary school and she's fantastic and she just she's like she's got the tone of it and she has sort of like a really beautiful musicianship but she but she's got no confidence in it at all um and so so and i haven't found a way to kind of encourage her in the way that that you have gareth so um so and then and then i remember i remember loads of other things like different performances and um the the different kinds of qualities that different groups of people would uh would bring to the evening as well there was a really amazing evening in leicester um that was a really particular group who came um uh i can't remember where what what the community what the name of the community group was but they they were all people living with different sort of mental health issues um and we sat we had such a fantastic conversation together in the in the cafe afterwards um uh about how important it was to have this kind of work accessible to them um so I remember that about it as well like this genuine openness to literally everyone um and uh and there being a way that because you were playing music together and with this group in Leicester like there were definitely there was someone in there that who really could not play guitar and it just didn't matter that like the show held that uh, and held their desire to be part of it even if they didn't actually have the musical skills that the other people had um yeah remember all those things really fondly yeah I remember that group really well I remember there was somebody in that group who said I brought a guitar I've never played it before <laughs> and Ross did such a wonderful job I always thought at kind of holding that space and supporting the musicians who were just starting out you know or people who were very nervous or or, or maybe hadn't played for very long or ever um, alongside, you know, sometimes we'd get people turn up who were professional musicians in their own right, or, you know, could have been if they'd chosen that path in their life, people who, who had a lot of chops. Um, and I really loved the way he looked after all of that. I thought it was, I thought it was something really special. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I like Maddie Gareth, I've always admired the way you've supported Charlotte with her music. And I think I've got a dad who dro drove me around to lots of stuff when I was a kid and a teenager to make sure I did music lessons and the stuff I wanted to do. And I think, uh, I think, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I've always really enjoyed watching you on the sidelines is, is a bit of reflecting that, but I think also I've, yeah, like Maddie, I've been kind of thinking, yeah, you, it seems like you've kind of really cracked it with supporting Charlotte and, and my kids are just, cause they're five and seven. I'm just at the beginning of trying to get them playing music. Um, and I'm trying to make it fun for them, you know, like stuff like making up songs together or, you know, just letting them explore making sounds on the Nina's got a ukulele and, and we've got a keyboard at home. Um, 
rather than kind of hitting them too heavy with all the scales and all of, you know, that stuff has to happen, but, you know, maybe a little bit further down the line. But I don't know what your top tips are, Gareth. To be honest, it just, I think they've got to find the interest themselves. Um, and then when they find that interest, then just do everything you can. Uh, because I've, I've always wanted to play an instrument. I, I want army kids to. Uh, but if I was to try and encourage them to play one, I would, saxophone would have never have dawned on us. But she started to play at school, primary school, a little bit like your daughter's clarinet. And she'd come in and she went, I really like this. I think I want to do this. I was like, right, do it. And then she started to get really good. So I bought her one, um, just like an introductory one. Uh, she still got it. She lo absolutely loves it. Um, and then when she didn't have the confidence and we brought her to the, um, putting the band back together, we didn't know anything about the show. Um, I literally just thought it was just some sort of like group where people would just play just with each other just to get back into it. So I thought it would give her a little bit of confidence. So then when there was a show, she didn't want to do it at first. And I said, well, look, all these people who you're going to be playing with, who you are playing with, are going to be on the stage with you. They'll be nervous as well. Oh, OK, I'll do it. Um, and then when she did the first one, she just she never looked back. Um, and then even with a gig, she was like... Um, She'd quite happily go to like One Direction concert. So, I mean, I've done that twice. It's, you know, four hours of my life, I'll never get back. But I did that. Um, but then after putting the band back together, um, I don't know if you remember, I don't know whether you've come, but you know that, that free music magazine, Any Volume Live? Mm. They've put like a little mini festival on at the Ark in Stockton. And Frankie and the Heartstrings were headlining it which obviously Ross plays in as well. Um, so I says to Charlotte, look, I'll take you. I said, it's a proper gig, and you can see, like, what Ross does, like himself. Um, and she was just hooked on gigs. So from not wanting to go to a gig, now I could literally ring her up and say, do you want to come down the local pub that's got live music on? She wouldn't even ask who it was. She'd be like, yep, yeah, pick us up on the way. Um, and then just, just keep doing it. But I think they've got to find the interest themselves. There's no point pushing anything mm. on that you think they might like. And like I say, I would never have thought of saxophone, but then when she found that herself, I've just, just ran with it. Mm. And I think that's, yeah, some good advice there. Some good advice. I'm interested in, you know, you were saying you want all of your kids to play an instrument and Maddie, you're really, you know, wanting your daughter to get over this kind of, um, barrier that she's feeling with it like what it is you you know you see them getting out of it you know what's the why put in the effort to to drive them to all the gigs all the all the rehearsals what what is it that you see what difference does it make I was writing something recently about uh, there's a theatre maker called um uh Verity Standen um uh I bet I've said her name wrong actually I might have to say that again later um <laughs> She, uh, who uses music, uh, and I was writing about her recently and ended up reading loads of stuff about um, the development of music and the development of language and how kind of evolutionarily we don't actually need music anymore, but we've still got it because our brains kind of figured out that there's stuff that music can communicate that language can't. And like language can communicate feeling and kind of... Uh, facts 
And music can only do feeling, but music does it in a way that is imprecise. And it's like, as humans, we need that imprecision. So there's like, there's all this theory stuff that I've become interested in. But actually, like the main thing is that, is that I know how kind of irritating and annoying it feels that I'm just a consumer of music all the time. Like I'm, it, I'm, I really like having a kind of reciprocal relationship with art in some way. So I'm in a, I'm in a dance group who are, uh, performs very amateur and we perform occasionally and it's very silly and it's loads of fun. Um, and I do loads of writing. So, um, so the theatre that I do kind of often turns into writing. So that's kind of like a looping thing. Um, but with music, like, I'm always like, oh, I can't. It's, it's always just slightly out of my reach. And, and I feel that quite painfully inside. And I don't want them to experience that. It's more about them not having to go through that than, than having a full sense of what they get out of it at the moment. Um, don't know. Does any of that chime with you, Gareth? Um, I'm perfectly happy to be just a consumer. <laughs> music I've, I've tried instruments um i can't I, I can't do it um but if by like through my daughter um or just going to gigs i'm i'm happy to support it in in like in in, in that way uh i mean my daughter's tried to i can make the saxophone make a noise um she's tried to show us the most basic things on the on the guitar and i just i cannot do them so I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to have to be a consumer it's better than being nothing at all I suppose so yeah I'm with you there Gareth I'm with you I keep trying to get playing again but you know it it comes and goes um but I think you know I'm interested in why music does such a good job of bringing us together you know and I think what you were saying a little bit Maddie about the emotional feeling of it it's so special isn't it being in a in a space and you know all listening to the same piece of music together or or singing it together or 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 playing it together but you know I think that's that kind of thing of it's like it short circuits your your brain like that emotional response you know it takes you to a certain place um and I'm really interested in that because like you were saying before you know you, you had Charlotte you know age 11 12 alongside somebody who might be retired and everything in between in, in terms of age, but, you know, there was still that connection. It didn't matter what people were bringing to the room. You know, people were still together in a moment of, of sharing that music. Yeah. And everyone, everyone takes it away as well. I mean, I still see some of them locally and, um, that the always stop and ask how Charlotte is, how she's doing fantastic. What she's done. They wish they could have done something like that at her age. And uh, I've even got some of them on Facebook and I talk to them like Dennis uh, regularly. Um, yeah. And I always try and like, if, if they're doing something, I'll go and support them doing that or or whatever. And you just wouldn't wouldn't expect it because mm. he'll, be, he'll be retired now, Dennis. And he's always interested in what Charlotte's doing and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I think it it makes me think, Gareth, about, you know, I was, I was thinking of things that have always stayed with me about you. And Maddie, I've got one for you as well. Um, but I was thinking about that that night we got together after putting the band back together. 
uh, at Poprex to talk about if we were going to make a new piece together, what would it be about? And you saying it should be about unexpected friendship because that's what this has done. Like we shouldn't all hang out. We shouldn't all know each other and be friends. And um, and yet here we are. And I just thought that was, I thought that was something really important to say. And I think some of that stuff sits in the background of, you know, what putting the band back together is all about or what some of other unfolding theatre projects have been all about. And I thought that's really interesting to just really hone in on that, you know, um, and I found that really inspiring in terms of thinking, well, what are we going to make next and what should it be about? Um, why did that feel important to you, Gareth? Um, I don't know. I don't even know if, like, unexpected was the right word at the time. I mean, I suppose if you, like, spend a lot of time with people, you're going to become, like, familiar and friendly with them. But, but as you say, it's just it was such a diverse group of people Um not not just in ages, in obviously music taste, in political backgrounds, and everything just got moved to one side. But then even after the whole show stopped, it's like everything else has continued on because every time you see someone, they stop you, and that you you, you you come back and you talk about, oh, can you remember um, Northern Stage? Can you remember this? Can you remember going down to Farsley, the trouble at Mill, and and stuff like yeah. that? And that and you, you end up just just talking about it and it's like you, you bump into people who you haven't seen like i bumped into um i bumped into ian at a gig um last last year and straight away we just both pointed each other across the room and stood talking for about 20 minutes but we hadn't seen each other since putting the band back together and um even charlotte will walk past someone and she'll go they were in the band weren't they? i'm going yeah they were that's right you know so just the, the memories just stay with you all the time and it's kind of like you're looking and you're, you're like you would never have like been in that situation with those types of people but yet there's like really really good friends now and i just thought it was like again weird's probably the wrong, wrong word but it was like 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 nice weird though mm -hmm. do you know what i mean I have, like, these people asking after having encouraging her and uh and stuff like that so it's i don't know it was just wasn't something we were expected all of the 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 friendships and all of the the, the after stuff really I love what you were saying about like feeling like it's a badge you know like you were in the house band and that's a badge so even if we see each other on the street you know even if time's passed it's like a thing that unites us and it gets me you know you were saying about there being political differences in the band and it's the thing that I find really interesting that it, when we made putting the band back together you know, another badge that people wore was, you know, will you leave or will you remain? And, you know, I remember um, another member of the band coming in with his um, UKIP badge for one rehearsal. And I knew that there were other members of the band who were, you know, people, there was people campaigning for leave, but there was people campaigning for remain. And there was so little space where people just got on, where people just, you know, kind of didn't let that you know, there's so much shouting at each other and being judgmental, I think, in the way those those conversations were carried out. But I thought it was interesting that in that space, it was kind of like, it's not that that stuff didn't matter, but it was like there was other stuff that was equally important that connected us. Um, I don't know, you know, whether that, how that felt from your point of view, Gareth. Um, to be honest, I think it was more important what we were there for. Because, um, I mean, to be honest, the, Nine times out of ten, 
if it's political, it's normally a farce, isn't it? It doesn't matter what, what, what side you're on. It's, you know, and I think if you're friends with people or you admire someone, you don't necessarily really mind the differences. Like, I mean, I'll say now, like, I mean, I've got a certain set of views and whatever, but I'll say someone on Twitter who I disagree with, and I'm, I, I love a debate. I love a little argument that's great. Um, passes the time, but then I'll say, say, Alex tweets something that I disagree with, and I'll just say, Alex, man, do you know what I mean? And then just totally like ignore it because I think ice cold doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if he's uh, he's off there. If I don't agree with him, he's, he's a cold block, and I just I just don't think it really. I don't think it really matters um, in in that sort think, of context. I think that's a really really wonderful way of describing it, and I think it's really interesting that you pick out Alex, who's you know one of our associate artists at Unfolding Theatre, and you're right, he holds, you know, he's a you know holds some very very strong political views and is is at a different end I think politically to to you Gareth at times he's me and him have arguments at times um uh even though we're not at, you know as far apart but I, I think you're right it's that reaching across isn't it and um and seeing it as part of a bigger spectrum of who you know who that person is you know whereas I think sometimes and I think the danger sometimes in social media is people just are that kind of that badge, you know, that the whole breadth of what sits behind that gets lost sometimes. Um, actually, Maddie, and I was going to, this ties in quite well to the memory that stayed with me of you at that time, because I remember you interviewing another member of the house band who I think at that time was um, a vi vice chairman of UKIP in South Tyneside. And you went off and had a um, long conversation with him. And I remember you coming back and saying, that neither of you had changed the other one's mind, but that he knew a lot more about Cypriot history than you thought he was going to. <laughs> and that also you'd bonded over um, a mutual hatred of the negotiations that were going on at the time between America and the EU, the Transatlantic Trade Par Partnership, I think it was TTIP, I can't remember what the I stood for. But um, I remember that the reason it stayed with me is it was calm. You had a really calm conversation and it was like, this space in in this time that was had so little calm conversation somehow you and he just had a chance to to talk and disagree but not but but that's what it was you know it, it, there was space to disagree yeah all of that felt so important um uh there's it also like that you cannot deny that living in london you are living in this weird kind of self-important bubble um and uh so it, for me it was amazing to be able to get outside of that and also within that bubble like places Sunderland just seems like over there and it's really easy to to kind of think of people in in other places as kind of all the same or homogenous or whatever um and so it was amazing to come to a room as a person from london and uh and remember oh yeah there are people here who think all sorts of different things don't make assumptions about anyone that's the first thing um and then um and then it was it felt really important that 
that the people in that room could also know that they disagreed with each other. And I think what that story that you've just told, Gareth, about the difference between seeing someone say something on social media and kind of feeling like you want to argue with it and then seeing someone you know say it and kind of feeling like, oh yeah, we just disagree. And that, like, that there's, it feels like art can make a space for those conversations to happen in and and I've thought about this a lot since putting the band back together like because of that and also because of some other work that I do through this thing called theatre club where just total strangers although we've come to know each other a bit more as people have come more regularly um but we'll we'll see a show usually on different nights and then we'll meet up um and talk about it and I've realised that if I said to people, we're going to have a conversation about Brexit tonight, or we're going to have a conversation about right-wing politics, or we're going to have a conversation about racism, most of them wouldn't show up. But because we've come to have a conversation about this piece of art, we end up having that conversation anyway. But we, we do it, we like, we, it's like we've gathered around something else. And it, and it makes it... Um, it makes it means that people come in a way where they're like interested in what other people think already for one thing rather than in a place of wanting to, to defend what they think or something like that um and just and just in a space of um of interest and sharing and generosity and i and those are the things that i really remember from putting the band back together um and then yeah with um it was Charles, was it, I think, mm, that I yeah. had that chat with. Um, you know, definitely, definitely. I, I went into that conversation just like seeing the badge, seeing the badge, um, and came out of it thinking that was that was incredibly interesting. And sometimes it's not about changing the other person's minds, and it is just about hearing each other and recognising each other as, as like people trying to, like, make the best of life you know mm. yeah and I think um I think it felt to me in putting the band back together family was something that was really important that kind of sat across that so even if there were people in the band that you might disagree with politically like you know we were all I I had a baby I had my second child in the run-up to making putting the band back together and I remember carrying her around in a little kind of carry cot into rehearsal rooms and then you know looking at baby photographs of some some of the guys had just become granddads and were you know sharing baby photos on their phone and people were passing on advice about parenting and obviously you were there with Charlotte Gareth and uh, Diane was there with her lad Leon and you know there were there was something about that kind of breadth of age that that you know, I think it's like you're right. What you were saying, Gareth, that politics is one bit of who we are, and there was there was a bigger a bigger connection that was going on. Um, but I do think you know, I do think there's something that I suppose I've got from you, Gareth, which is like about yeah, about not letting it um, worry you, and how you can you can really respect a person and know that you disagree politically. Because I remember. Do you remember Gareth that gig at um, Summer Streets where Frankie and the Heartstrings were playing? And Frankie had a he started the gig and it was just after the vote had happened, I think. And he and he started the gig and he had that black denim jacket on. And like 
And then he, he opened the top button and there was a little bit of blue underneath. <laughs> and then he pulled his jacket off and he had like an EU flag T-shirt on, which was obviously a really provocative thing to be doing in Sunderland in June 2016. Um, and I remember, th- I remember kind of like worrying a little bit and thinking, oh, you know, I wonder how you'll be, you know, ha- you know, whether Gareth will be feeling awkward about that. And, you, you know, you were just getting on with it, loving the gig, no, not worrying about I'm, I'm it. Sure I'm worried about, you know what I mean? And he's, uh, he's, He's a character, you know. I've, I've only I've only had the pleasure of speaking to him, I think, two or three times. But he's um, he's he's a character. But he um, he um, his wife or partner is very very good friends with somebody who was married into Rachel's family, who was Charlotte's mum. So at the wedding, he was at the wedding. So Charlotte was like, it's Frankie, it's Frankie. So they introduced him um, and he spent like four hours talking to her about music and whatever else. So for me, you know, he could be, you know, he could be anything he wants. I'm not, not, not interested. Plus you've got like, like, like me, you'll, you'll see me arguing on social media, but just when I'm, I'm bored, I'm a bit fickle like that. You know, I am. You know, and, and I'll argue about things that I haven't really got a view on, you know. And I, sometimes I think, God, if, like, people like Alex or something's reading that, they've got to be thinking, God, what's he like? And I'm like, sometimes I just do it because I'm bored. So I always, like, and even these people I'm arguing with, they might be really nice people. You don't know, do you? So I think it's when you know when you know them, you can you can ignore it. But I'm, I'm not that politically minded um, to be uncomfortable about about something like that. I mean, obviously, I've voted um, to leave. You know, if if that goes pear shape, which it looks like it might, then we'll stay. It's, it, you know. But I think something like putting the band back together, it's got the positive impact on on your life there, and then you can control it. You can enjoy it. It's much more important than anything else. That's beyond your control, really. It's it's all right putting a vote in, but it's beyond your control. So there's no point worrying about it. Yeah, I am. It's interesting looking to the future because, like you say, that was you know four years ago, and here we are now. And yeah, who know? You know, I've gone back and forth. You know, I voted Remain, but I've 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 thought to myself, you know, at times, well, look, you know, let's just do it. Let's just, you know, there's no point, you know, not changing. You 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 know you've, you maybe like I've I've kind of made this sense of it being a catastrophe and you know let's find out let's find out maybe I've been wrong and let's see where it goes um you know because I don't particularly think there's you know I think it's one of those things we got everyone got very heightened about it and it's that kind of going back to thinking well what is it that I actually think or what I actually hope for but one of the things that I've been really conscious of is this sense of um these spaces the, and these things that bring people together. Uh, it's the thing I keep coming back to because, like you were saying, Gareth, social media is so um, structured to divide us. You know, you get these algorithms, so you'll end up hearing more from people who already think like you or are interested it's, in the same things like like you. You know, the, It's poisonous. Yeah, and poisonous really. It's really poisonous. And and politicians, I think, are very ha- some politicians are very happy to exploit that and tell that story and describe us as this divided society, and you see it in the media as well. And 
And, and I sometimes feel like the forces that are trying to divide us are so powerful that I think can coming together in a community centre to play a few tunes together, like, is it strong enough? Is it powerful enough to reach across those divides? Because like you say, Gareth, it's exactly it. It's like when you know the person, even if you disagree with them, you hold that within that wider human connection that you've got. But if you don't know them... Like, again, I'll just use Alex as an example because I normally see a little bit more from Alex because he uses Twitter quite a lot um, than I do for maybe other people. Um, the respect I have for him and everything he's done for Charlotte and everything else just totally overrides anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like, he could literally be like, you know, well, obviously nothing illegal, obviously, because that would be wrong, but he, he could literally be on the opposite end of the scale to everything I thought about, but it, it doesn't matter because what he's did for Charlotte and just the type of person I know he is, just, it just overrides it anyway. So it just really doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference at all. Go for it, Maddie. You were going to say something. Yeah, um, I'm thinking quite a lot at the moment um, about who gets to get the people together in the community centre. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I've uh, recently um, introduced only by email because that's basically what we can do now. Um, you, Annie, to um, Naomi Alexander, who uh, runs Brighton People's Theatre in Brighton. And um, she uh, she's similarly, like, really interested in how you can get all different kinds of people together. And it, and it doesn't matter, like, how old you are or, you know, what school you went to or who you vote for or what job you do and don't have or, like what kind of benefits you need or what your housing situation is like that all of you can come together to to make theater or or make stories together and um she's done a she, they've they've put together a fantastic like research document called open up arts that uh talking to to lots of people who live in a couple of different council estates about um how excluded they feel from so much of the uh, art that happens in this country. And um, and while you've been talking about sort of um, EU and kind of like the, the sort of shifting sands of leave and remain, I've been thinking about uh, this really brilliant activist group called Migrants in Culture and, and how they talk about... Um, uh, I mean, well, for one thing, like how precarious their lives have become as a result of the Leave vote and, um, and, but also how culture can be a way of, they, they use this line that comes from another um, organisation called Migrants Organise, um, who say, you work in culture, make me a new culture. They like, they use that as like their advertising line. Um and I'm really interested in in kind of like in how by being the people who can invite other people to do things with you, you get to kind of subtly shift the kinds of conversations that get to happen or the kinds of relationships that get to form. Um, and um, and and what I guess what I'm kind of building up to is that I'm really interested in in kind of the um, the strategy that the Arts Council were move, moving towards just before COVID happened of, of like, let's create 
which is much more geared towards kind of work like putting the band back together or, you know, experiences like Gareth is talking about where just like more people can gather, but they can gather to like make things together rather than to have arguments. And I feel like that's, that's what we, that's what we really need right now. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel it. And, you know, compounded, I think in lockdown when those spaces to be together, are, uh, almost impossible um I think we you know I, I think about 2021 I hope maybe it's going to be 2022 but that whole time of healing that's going to need to happen you know and and I think it would be great if lots of that is like you say Maddie that kind of stuff the Arts Council was describing in that strategy you know people coming together in community centres and at venues and uh in you know in all kinds of places just to to make and to play and and to connect um because yeah I think it's that thing of being human isn't it it's what makes up our lives um it's been a total pleasure to have this conversation with you um uh it's yeah it's really joyful um and I'm gonna ask you now to talk about something from this conversation that you think is going to stay with you it's kind of a trick question, really, isn't it? Because you don't really know what you might still be thinking about in a few days or a few weeks' time or so forward. But I think um, I think the thing that's going to stay with me is you what you were saying, Gareth, about that ability to hold the fact that somebody has got a different viewpoint to you and that that's been very clearly expressed, that you have no discomfort around that and you can hold it as long as you know the person. So like what you were saying about when you read Alex's tweets and, you know, or when you see Frankie in his EU t-shirt, you know, that, that that doesn't matter because what it's held within is that wider human connection. Um, so I think that I'm going to be thinking that about that for a while and that sense of how do we do that? How do we make more of those connections that can that can hold the disagreement within them? Yeah, but to be honest, you just sp spend more time with the, the person and and talk to them, really, about, like, all sorts of things. I mean, I don't disagree with everything he says, to be honest. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, like, swear both ways on a, lo on a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, it's, like you say, it's just, you, you need to get to know that it's much easier to argue with a stranger than what it is with somebody who you know. Because you know, you know what I mean? The wise words, wise words. And Gareth, what are you going to take away from this conversation? What do you reckon might stay stay kicking around in your head? Um, I think just just all the all the memories that I had before. Really, it's just nice to relive them and keep remembering them and keep on going. And uh, I don't know. As a, I think you should bring her back for another tour. To be honest, I would love to. I would really love to. You know. Um, I would really love to. And, and you know, we've got to crack on. We're making this new piece about unexpected friendship or maybe the word isn't unexpected, whatever the word is. But, yeah, um, I think that would be great. Maddie, what's going to what's going to stay with you? Um, like, honestly, I think the story of Charlotte at the wedding, uh, getting to talk about music for four hours with someone who's an actual band, because me as a teenager, I'm like, that would have been my dream. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, Charlotte's living the dream. She should carry on doing that that is completely beautiful it, it, yeah. was, it, it was after we took that to the 
that the the gig at the Ark. So she had met them and got a f- couple of photographs for him after. So and he he couldn't remember because he he plays gigs all the time. But she was showing him the pictures and he's like, "Hey, that's me." She's going, "Yeah, I know it's you." <laughs> and uh, he just he, he just spent so long. And he even actually um, because she was a bridesmaid and her wedding present was a signed vinyl from Frankie, which is framed and on our wall and it was like get well done for being bridesmaid charlotte love frankie uh on a on a, a little frankie and the half string record so that was very good so nice <laughs> i mean i think this is what isn't I, th- I think and i think this goes to the heart of what is really special about sunderland what you were saying before maddie about london and the scale of it you know there's something so great about sunderland that you know frankie's the lead singer in frankie and the heartstrings ross is in the future heads you know all a lot of them but they're there selling coffee, coffees at pop racks and you know turning up at weddings and you know obviously um barry's been uh uh busy with the pub um and you know people are part of the fabric of each other's lives of Even, course people are in london but there's something about there's something about the closeness of those guys that i think is really special but is he even marty as well he puts that well partly he's involved there's a few people involved but he's he gives his own time up to to teach the kids how to write songs and um he, there's, there's no charge for it whatsoever he gives up every saturday morning of his own time uh so does that Re- rebecca i can't, can't remember her surname um and i'm sure N- natasha and everyone else who does it is like like you say there's no no money involved it's just for the and there's actually if you want to check out local bands there's a band came from that music project um called plastic glass uh and i think they're going to be excellent really good i will check them out i will check them out that'll be my next bit of music to keep me going through this next bit of lockdown well thank you so much for both of your time um like i say it's been a total pleasure and um let's speak again soon yes no worries thank you, thank you very much So thanks so much for listening to this very first unfolding conversation. It's been a total joy. Um, And if you've enjoyed this podcast, there's more coming. So subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this right now. Give us a review. Tell your friends. Spread the word on social media. That would be lush. Thank you very much. And uh, keep looking after yourselves and let's see what unfolds. 